In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Luke reminds us that our Lord Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem, which is Luke's way of reminding us that Jesus is on his way to the cross. There he will be lifted up to draw all men to himself, his arms stretched open to embrace all. He desires that all would be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And on his way to the cross, someone said to him, Lord, will those who are saved be few? But instead of answering the man's question, Jesus described to him the way that this man himself might be saved. Strive, he says, strive to enter through the narrow door, for many will seek to enter, but will not be able. Theoretical, theological questions. Will those who are saved be few? What about the bushman in Africa who doesn't hear the gospel? Why are some saved and not others? Not only do these kinds of questions put off one's own repentance, they put one in the place of judging God. Is he just? according to my standards? Is he fair, according to my standards? Is he good, according to my standards? What strikes us as an innocent theological question isn't so innocent at all. So Jesus won't have it, but instead instead addresses the man on the way and each one of us directly Strive to enter through the narrow door, for many will seek to enter and will not be able. Salvation is free. Of course, our salvation wasn't free for Jesus. It cost him everything. But on account of his payment, salvation is indeed for us free. It is by grace. It is through faith. Not of your own choosing, not of your own works. God himself has provided a way out for sinners who would escape the wrath to come. A narrow door. It's open. And he calls you to enter. But the devil, the world of sinful men, and yes, your own heart, will do everything they can to keep you from entering that narrow door. So Jesus says, strive, agonitsestha, agonize, repent, confess your sins, battle your flesh, daily drown it in sorrow and contrition, crucify it, count the world your enemy, for friendship with the world is enmity with God. Renounce the devil and all his works and all his ways. Resist him, and he will flee from you. Strive. 
It's not only all of the bad things that will keep you away from entering that narrow door, but even the good things may keep you away from entering that narrow door. Many will seek to enter, Jesus says, but will not be able. And this, not because of fate, not because of some misguided notion of predestination, and not because Jesus will not have some people, but because they will not have Jesus. As Chesterton said, Christianity has not been tried and found wanting. Christianity has been found difficult and not tried. So they give in to the devil, to the world, their own sinful flesh, and yes, even their own self-righteous desires. Imagine that the day of judgment has come. Picture it. But there you are on the outside. That's precisely what Jesus is saying when he says, when once the master of the house has risen and shut the door, and you begin to stand outside and to knock at the door saying, Lord, open to us. And he will say and answer to you, I do not know where you come from. Then you will begin to say, we ate and drank in your presence, and you taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I do not know where you come from. Depart from me, you workers of evil. Imagine standing there. The narrow door that once was open is now shut, eternally shut. And you, on the outside, it's too late. And from inside comes the Lord's voice, I do not know where you come from, I do not know you. In that place, Jesus says, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves cast out. And people will come from the east and from the west, from the north and the south, and recline at table in the kingdom of God. And behold, some are last who will be first, and some are first who will be last. How do you hear Jesus' words? Well, I suppose that depends a bit on who you are. Are you one of the many who reject Jesus? Who sit in judgment over God? Who let the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desire of other things choke out the word of Jesus that he has implanted in your heart this very day? Then Jesus does indeed speak law and condemnation and wrath. But for this reason, that you would come to your senses 
and strive to enter the narrow and as of right now, still open door. Today is the day and the door is open and our Lord Jesus wills that all men, even those who hate him, would be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And if you hear his word, if your prayer is, I believe, Lord, help my unbelief, then you know the truth. But even more importantly, he knows you. There are only two outcomes. Either the Lord remembers your sins and forgets you, or he remembers you and forgets all your sins. With the thief on the cross, we pray, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Remember me and forget all my sins. Blot them out with your holy blood. Bury them in the depths of your tomb. I will forgive their wickedness, says the Lord, and I will remember their sins no more. Not one single sin. Not one sin of yours will the Lord remember. But you, he will remember. Fear not, says the Lord, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. And so just as Jesus says, from east and west, from north and south, will come sinners, only sinners. And together, we will all recline at table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and all the prophets of God. In fact, there's a foretaste of this feast this very morning. Our risen and present Lord Jesus invites you to come and recline here at his table, to eat his body given for you, to drink his blood shed for you, to receive all that he did on the cross as if it were your own, because it is. Come and have all your sins both forgiven and forgotten by God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.